1: That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again.
0: You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome in to
2: the It's Your task world podcast second edition of... The week, really the first week uh, we've done this. Uh, myself, Tom Hackett, alongside Steve Bartle with you guys as always. Uh, Steve, we've got a pretty uh, exciting game to to look forward to this upcoming weekend. It was originally Arizona State and of course, uh, a few days ago now, earlier in the week, that was canned. Uh, an outbreak, COVID-19 outbreak has dampened uh, Arizona State, um, hampered them is, is probably what I was trying to say there. But nonetheless, we've got the Washington Huskies uh, on the road up there at Husky Stadium. It's going to be a Saturday evening kick. Uh, what channel is that on, Steve? ESPN. Perfect. We are on ESPN last week. Got our faces kicked in. We'll get our faces kicked in again. I'm just teasing. Uh, <laughs>
1: Steve, how are you, man? I'm good, man. It's been a busy couple of days for me, filling in for Bill Riley on ESPN. But, uh man, excited! I'll actually be traveling to Seattle this weekend to cover the game there for Ute Zone. So uh, excited about is about that as well. I mean, hopefully, obviously, we don't know if we're gonna play until we actually, you know, get to game day. But uh, but yeah, pretty excited about this one after everything that has gone on. It looks like both of these teams are, you know, in pretty good shape to play, and so. Basically, at this point of the year, man, if the more games played, the better, and that's all that really matters right now.
2: Correct, Mundo. So, essentially, uh, this this episode's going to be uh, predominantly about the Washington Huskies uh, and, and the game that Utah's preparing for uh, on Saturday. We will we, we'll talk some Utah football and kind of the happenings around that program as well. That's what we're here for. But let's start, Steve, with the Huskies, Steve Lake is the head coach, he... Uh, Jimmy Lake. Sorry, Jimmy Lake. I do apologize. He's in his uh, uh, first year as the head yep. coach, and uh, 2-0 and with, with victories against the Oregon State Beavers and uh, the Arizona Wildcats. So two okay teams. Uh, I would say Oregon State's probably a tad better than Arizona, but nonetheless, two victories as they uh, prepare to host Utah, what do you make of what do you make of Jimmy Lake?
1: You know he's an interesting guy. He's been the defensive coordinator at Washington over the last few years, and uh, so you know he's kind of a defensive-minded guy. He's a little bit more uh, aggressive in terms of you know his approach compared to Chris Peterson. At least you know the people that that follow him closely and work closely with him in the media up there. At least that's kind of the sense that they provide us in, in regards to Jimmy Lake and uh, and his kind of style, I guess. But, uh, you know, uh, interesting guy. Uh, got off, has gotten off to a good start, 2-0, and uh, his team's playing pretty good football. So, you know, I think that's the most telling thing is uh, these guys have bought into Jimmy Lake and they're playing good football. So, um, yeah, pretty impressed with him so far, but – uh, you know, with everything going on, we, I don't know, you know, that we really know a lot about Jimmy Lake just yet. He's, he's capitalized and taken advantage of, you know, the Oregon state Beavers and, and Arizona Wildcats uh, with them being on the schedule. But uh, I think we'll learn a lot more about him this weekend, for sure.
2: Certainly. Um, where, where, where are they? Where's their strength? Is it, is it on the offensive side led by Dylan Morris, the quarterback, who is by the way, just, just a freshman. So he's only appeared in, in two games. He's thrown for, uh, 371 yards, two touchdowns, no picks, uh, and he's looked apart. Although you know you want you want a few more touchdowns on the board through two games, averaging just one touchdown pass a game. Or is it their defense, Steve, that that you're looking at as uh, as the more problematic side of the football entering Saturday?
1: Yeah, you know, for me, when I look at this Washington team, um, probably the more difficult matchup is going to be their defense side of the ball uh you know it, it's been interesting kind of following along um Utah football and the Washington football team over the last few years because they really are similar in a lot of ways uh and they're they've kind of been following similar trajectories similar similar you know paths of you know their ascension within the Pac-12 and kind of how they are as a program, how they operate, their mindset. There are a lot of similarities between Utah and Washington um, and a lot of parallels between teams. Um, it, it's just, It just seems like what happens to Washington the year before is what Utah is going through this year. Uh, it was that case last year uh, with a senior-laden team, Uh this year, you know, with with Utah, they're kind of replacing an entire defensive side of the ball. That's what Washington had to go through last year is they had to replace, I think it was eight guys, eight starters on the defensive side of the ball and kind of restart on that side. And, uh, and so that's kind of what Utah is going through this year. And we're seeing it right now with Washington. Their defense is really kind of, played really well through these first two games and uh, you know, they, they took their lumps last year. They were still a good defense. And I think that's kind of something that you can draw from if you're Utah is even despite having to replace a number of starters and having to go young that you can still have, of have, have a pretty formidable defense. Um, we saw it last year in the Utah Washington game in Seattle, just how difficult that defense can be still. So I think if you're Utah, you can actually draw quite a bit uh, from uh, the the Washington uh, program in terms of what you're going through this year. So, uh, But when I look at this Washington team, I definitely think it starts on the defensive side of the ball with the playmakers that they have, uh, with uh, the personnel that they have uh, across the board. Uh, It's going to be a difficult matchup, but I still think it's one that Utah can can find some things, can create some things and create some opportunities uh to, to move the ball and score some points.
2: Certainly. And you talk about some of the some of the youth on that, that defense, uh really the guys that that are leading the way from a statistical standpoint, um that very young. Uh Elijah <clears throat> Molden, he's got ten tackles to his name. He's a defensive back. He's he's he is a senior, he's really the only senior that stands out. You've got Jackson Sermon, just a sophomore. Uh, he plays linebacker alongside, um, <clears throat> uh, I'm going to butcher this name.
1: Ulo Ulofoshio. Yes. Ulofoshio. He's,
2: yes, he's he's the other linebacker and he he leads the team in tackles. And then they've only got one interception on the season, does the Washington defense. And that came from, Sophomore defensive back Asa Turner, so um, just a ton of youth that that's mm-hmm. standing out. Albeit, look only through two games, but right. uh, the leaders thus far have come from the younger players, the less experienced players, which I think should give Utah some hope uh, moving forward. It's going to be, you know, you look at the Washington defense versus the the Utah offense, uh, and you, you'd like to think that the Utah offense uh, could could potentially have its way against this this Washington defense uh, simply because of the, the youth on the defensive side of the football. Uh, you look at the two games they've played. They gave up 27 points against Arizona. Now, Arizona's got some players. They've got a pretty talented quarterback. There's the Wildcats. Uh, and then they gave gave up 21 points against uh, Oregon State, so they they have given up points through the first two games. It's not like they're holding teams thus far to to less than than fourteen points. Uh, although you know, very few teams in today's college football you know does that anymore. Right. Uh, but nonetheless, my point here is that you know, if if the offensive line for Utah can can just improve. Slightly, you know. Hopefully, a lot, but let's just yes. take it in small steps. Uh, if they can be better than they were against USC, then, then by all means, I think Utah can potentially put up some points against this Washington defense. Uh, Jake Bentley, you spoke about this, Steve, earlier in the week. Jake Bentley's going to get all the reps now with the with the first team, uh, and and I think that's going to help tremendously. Uh, give mm-hmm. him some confidence. Trying to trying to figure out more chemistry with his wideouts and. And again, I, I think obviously it's going to come down to the offensive line play because what we saw against USC was you know, pretty dismal from, from the front five. Yep. Um, and if you can't block, then you're just going to have an incredibly difficult time running right. any sort of offensive scheme. So um, so that's the positive news for for the University of Utah and the fans that listen to this podcast is I, I personally think, and, and Steve, I don't know about yourself, but I think, look, I think this Utah offense can put up Twenty-seven plus points against Washington. If you know that would be my over/under uh, for how many points Utah specifically is going to score. I put that at twenty-seven, which I think I think it's pretty good.
1: Yeah, no, I I agree with you there. I think uh, getting to thirty, if you can somehow get to thirty, I think that's a tremendous goal, and I think that's achievable. And you know, it's interesting. I've talking a lot about Jake Bentley um, this week, and obviously what kind of impact and what kind of Im- improvement he can make as a quarterback compared to what, you know, based on what we saw last week, we talked about it in in the previous show. It's just, you know, a lot of those misses were timing and chemistry issues. And so, you know, I talked, I probably talked about it, but Jason Shelley, and I, I'm just reminded of this and I want to kind of just illustrate this point was, you know, in 2018, when Tyler Huntley suffered his, uh, injury against Arizona State. Jason Shelley came in uh to to take over. He finished the game four of eleven for fifty-nine yards, uh 5.4 yards per attempt, and, and he threw an interception. Not great, right? And I think uh you you look at what Jake Bentley did, he obviously produced better, but I think just looking at how he played, uh it was uh it was difficult to watch, I think. Uh obviously he put up some better numbers The two interceptions still is pretty, pretty painful. Uh, But going back to Jason Shelley, you give the kid a week of practice with the number one guys. He comes back against Oregon. He goes 18 for 31, not great, but still better Uh, 58% completion percentage, 262 yards, 8.5 yards per attempt, no touchdowns, but also no intercepts, interceptions. And so I, I think that just illustrates the point that, you know, with a week of preparation, things are going to improve. Things are going to get better for Jake Bentley. And I think for, uh, for Utah, that's going to be a a huge, huge key in this game. Is just uh, how much better can Jake Bentley be in week two with those reps. Uh, But I think it's, you know, we've, we've harped on it, and I think everybody is on the same page here. This all comes back to the offensive line and how much better those guys up front can be because they were expected to kind of lead the way for this offense uh, and, you know, kind of pave the way, uh, for lack of a better term, for the running game. Um, so how much better can the offensive line get? I do think that we'll see improvement from the offensive line. You know, I, I wonder, we know that Nick Ford was in quarantine. We don't know who else specifically was in quarantine, but we know that there were others. And I think that that kind of came through in their play on Saturday. It, it And it's it's not an excuse, and I'm not trying to, to use it as an excuse because they went out there, they played, and, you know, they, they got it handed to them. Uh, And so they have to come back better. Uh, But again, similarly to Jake Bentley and what he went through, I think with full week of preparation and, and, uh, and kind of, you know, the for lack and I apologize for the, the butt kicking that they got um, you know, I think guys are going to be motivated. Coaches are going to be motivated because everybody, when you listen to coach Whittingham, you know, specifically this week, the disappointment, in his voice with the offensive line came through and, you know, and you, you know, this better than, than I ever would, Tom, but I think if coach Whittingham is, is upset at something in, in that kind of manner uh, you know, they're going to get after it in practice and, and try to figure out what they need to do to be better.
2: Well, I, I was informed um, on Monday, Monday evening, I was informed that uh, during the team meeting, the offensive line copped about a five-minute spray, uh, a spray for the ages by one Yikes. Kyle Whittingham. Uh, he was rate with the offensive line. Look, and, and he has every reason to be, to be fair. Um, Absolutely. Uh, you know, he, he kind of hyped them up all offseason. Uh, the fan base mm-hmm. was expecting a lot uh, from this offensive line, who, who, by the way, I still I still think has a ton of talent. It's, it's just a matter Me too. of gelling. Uh, creating chemistry and understanding, you know, the system, and 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 more importantly, executing. But yeah, they 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 were on the uh, the receiving end of uh, a bit of a screaming match from one car yes. with Cam on Monday, and so hopefully that kind of revved the engines uh, and got the guys going. In, in regards to Jake. Bentley quickly before we kind of take a look at at the the offensive side for Washington going up against the the Utah defense I I do want to you know I do think it's worthy and we have talked about it a little bit but Mm -hmm. you know just to try and put the pieces to the puzzle when it comes to you know the the timeline he's been on you know you think of the heartbreak it must have the the heartbreak of losing the starting job I mean that that does some serious damage to the psychic of any player, and we're talking about somebody yeah. that's transferred from an SEC school that's joined uh, Andy Ludwig, who he's had a relationship now for some time, uh, and then to obviously hear the news that you are not the guy, despite traveling across the country to be the guy. I mean, that that's gonna that's gonna leave some scars. Um, and then just from from a preparation standpoint, knowing that you're the backup, there, there's no way Jake Bentley, you know, was was planning to to play snaps against USC, he was, I'm sure, hopeful that maybe there was an opportunity he would be able to get in the game if Utah's up big. But but by no means did he expect to come into the game that early. And so, just from a preparational standpoint, I'm sure it was uh, certainly not ideal. We've talked about him taking reps right. with twos or weeks. So so I, I do think we will see a better version of Jake Bentley. Uh, but again, as as we've talked about, and this is kind of the bottom line, uh, you and I agree that that. If the offensive line can't figure out how to block, you know, for, for more than half a second to a second, then then Jake Bentley it doesn't matter how well Jake Bentley is going to prepare for this game, he's going to be limited uh, in what he's able to accomplish. So, uh, I I personally think Utah offensively has the chance to put up uh, quite a few points against this Washington defense. Uh, let's take a Let's take a look on the offensive side now. Now, Steve, the, the Huskies they they have a similar running back. Uh, situation than what Utah's dealing with. They've got three backs, Sean McGrew, Richard Newton, Kamari Pleasant, kind of the three backs that have all averaged 20, 23, and 18 attempts so far. Uh, all three of them, believe it or not, have two touchdowns to their names. They're scoring uh, on the offensive side anyway, predominantly by running the football uh, in. Uh, and then they're they're averaging anywhere from like 5.3 to 6.3 Yards per carry, which is uh, which is impressive. You know, if you can average uh, 5.3 yards per attempt, then you know you're moving the chains more often than not. So, uh, three running backs for Utah to prepare for uh, is going to be a, a challenge, I, I think, for yep. uh, for Utah. All three running backs. Look, I haven't done serious homework. I haven't dove into kind of where you know all three running back strengths are but I, I guarantee you that 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 some of the backs have have certain uh, pros and others have certain cons that that just makes it more challenging to prepare for right you may know more about these three players
1: yeah no so with Sean McGrew he's kind of the he is what am I trying to compare him to so he's kind of the elusive guys you know in a lot of ways. he's similarly, he's similar to Ty Jordan, you know, for uh, just to kind of give people an idea of his stature and his athleticism. He's uh, smaller at five foot seven, five foot eight. Uh, He's not as thick as Ty Jordan though. He's about 180 pounds, uh, but but he's built on athleticism. And so that's kind of what you're getting with him with Richard Newton. uh, He's kind of the guy, the in-between guy and, uh just kind of the all-around back, whereas Kamari Pleasant, he's got he's kind of the big bruiser, 230 pounds, uh, but still a tremendous athlete. I think he's actually utilized on special teams too, which just kind of showcases his athleticism. So all around these guys complement each other well. Uh they're gonna get downhill. Sean McGrew, despite his size, he's still good, he's still willing to, you know, mix it up, run it inside and that kind of stuff. But he's definitely a guy that know they're trying to get out into space and to utilize his uh, his athleticism so uh, all three of these guys are going to be utilized uh, against utah and you know all three of them uh, bring a, a unique kind of a look so it, it it will be interesting but i think with what utah has in their running back room they're going to be prepared for it because They've got guys in, in that that compare to these guys, so they'll be they'll be prepared. This Utah defense will.
2: Oh, Steve, I, I think we lost you for a second. Hopefully, we... Oh, there you go, you're back. So okay, no, we're good. We had a, a minor hiccup there for a split okay. second. We blame Zoom. That's how we record these things. Don't pay us, but. We're uh, com- complying with, uh, obviously, social distance regulations, protocols. We try and do this thing safely, so we do apologize for the, the small hiccup. Now, nah, that's my internet connection that, that we're good to blame. Um From a receiving standpoint, Steve, I guess, no real surprise that their leading receiver, with just eight receptions, albeit, is their tight end, Cade Otten, the Huskies now for, boy, Oh, uh, maybe as long as I can remember, have been rather superior at the tight end position. But, Mm -hmm. uh, and I know you you have uh, a few comments to say on on Cade Otten, but also that there is a a duo of uh, receivers that, that have Utah ties, Puka Nakua, obviously Samson Nakua's brother. He's got three receptions averaging 28 yards. He had a 65 long touchdown. Uh, run or pass catch. Uh, against Arizona not that long ago. He's he's a weapon, you know, highly talented kid. Many mm-hmm. people listening to this probably know a ton about Pukinuku already, so we don't need to kind of go too deep into, into what he's all about. And then Ty Jones has been uh, at the Washington program for, for quite a few years now. He's he's a very tall, athletic receiver uh, that continues to pop up and make plays for uh, the Huskies. He's He's also got three receptions next to his name, uh, 47 yards total uh, with a long of 18. So uh, this receiving group is is certainly dangerous uh, and and mm-hmm. has weapons. Would you would you say this is a better receiving group than Utah or, or you give the edge to Utah? You know it's it's uh, it's
1: this is a, a very good group. Uh, you know with Puka Nakua. With Ty Jones, Terrell Bynum is a very good athlete for his size. Uh, But I still think it's a fairly unknown group, an unproven group. Uh, And, you know, we can say the same thing about Utah and who they have with Brian Thompson and Solomon Enos. But I still think that those guys, you know, before we even get to talking about, uh, you know, Britton Covey, uh, I think those guys have still proven themselves and what they're capable of. Uh, more so than what these Washington receivers uh, have in their careers so far, but still, this is a talented group, and uh, I would give the edge to Utah ever so slightly. But I would still give the edge to Utah in terms of this group. Uh, but what's interesting is, I think you know, I I think Dylan Morris, the quarterback for Washington. There was a lot of talk, a lot of hype about Jacob Eason last year, five-star quarterback, transfer from Georgia, had all the tools, had the big arm, could rip it, you know, 45, 50 yards on a rope, Uh, but just just didn't fit what Washington was about. And I think that's kind of the biggest difference this year compared to last year was Dylan Morris fits the personnel around him uh, quite a bit better. And you look at their passing distribution chart, He's not one to push the ball downfield very effectively. Uh, He is currently one of seven on throws over 20 yards uh, for about 29, uh, for about 29 yards total. So one completion for 29 yards on seven attempts. Uh, Not great. Um, But you look at how effective he is on throws uh, between the the line of scrimmage and 10 yards. Uh, He is, He's completed what, uh, eighteen of, of twenty uh, passes within that. You know, so with between the line of scrimmage and the first down marker, he's completing eighteen of twenty passes. And I think that's kind of the difference between Dylan Morris and and Jacob Eason last year. Is he's much more effective in the short game, getting the ball to his receivers and allowing them to make plays. The Puka Nakua uh, big play was was a, just a lot of yak for Puka, uh, more so than anything else. Right. Morris was able to get the ball out to him, and, and Nakua just ran it in. So I think that's kind of the interesting dynamic here when we're talking about uh, the the Huskies receivers and tight ends. It's just how much, how much better the quarterback complements them and kind of their scheme and the, their effectiveness and where they're effective as receivers and route runners and so, you know, it's uh, it's an interesting, it's a, you know, if you're a Husky fan, obviously you love to hear that. So it'll be an interesting dynamic in how how uh, effective Utah is going to be in defending that.
2: No question. I mean, you, yeah, you talk about that Puka run. Uh, and if my memory serves me correctly, it was like a, a little five-yard slant or a six, seven-yard yeah. out round to me. It. it wasn't, you know, it wasn't a long, that, that ended up going for 65 yards as we talked about earlier. That's his longest completion of the Mm -hmm. season Uh, and it's not like Puka was running a go route and he put it in the bread basket. Uh, I I will say uh, he's going at 59% completion percentage, which is uh, not great. Um, You know, it's, it's okay, but, but it's not, it's, it's probably what you would expect most freshman quarterbacks uh, to have. Um, And so, Look, I, I, I do think Utah can win this football game. I, I really do, um, despite, you know, Washington being 2-0 and and looking mm-hmm. uh, pretty good. You, you start breaking down the numbers, though, and you start looking at position group by position group, and you say, look, this is a team that certainly has weapons. No question. Yeah. Washington's a good program um, that, that will always be competitive, in my opinion, much like Utah. But, but at the same time, you know, it's a ton of youth. Uh, and they're relying on players that haven't done it before so uh anytime that happens I think Utah is going to be a chance to to knock off uh the Washington huskies he's only taken one sack Dylan Morris uh so so that that leads me to believe Steve that the offensive line is is doing their part
1: yeah yeah no and, and that's kind of the thing is you know this Washington team. They do have to. They had to replace uh, a good number of guys that have been um, been on the offensive line uh, over the last couple of years. A guy like Trey Adams is a name that you know. I think most Utah fans will be familiar with the you know the guys that actually dig into this stuff uh, and, and that kind of thing. And so. Um,
2: <clears throat> They call him but the globe, this- Trey Adams, or the world, or something, because he's <laughs> literally the size of the planet. He's we live huge. He's right. Huge. He's
1: huge. Just a giant human being. He played left tackle for Washington over the last couple of years, but um, but you know they they replaced a number of guys uh, on that offensive line, and you know fortunately for for Washington, they've been able to kind of pick up uh, where where the previous. Group left off, and they've been really, really effective. Now, how much of that is the competition that they're facing in Oregon State and Arizona, two teams that aren't particularly known for, you know, being effective on the defensive side of the ball? You know, I think there is a little bit of that, but I think for the most part, this is a good offensive line that provides protection, and uh, most importantly, they get push uh, in the run game, and they get movement, and they generate and create. Lanes for their running backs, uh, and so that's that's kind of the thing here. Is they've got a lot of big bodies on that offensive line. I do think that Utah's defensive line actually, you know, matches fits uh, matches up well with this Washington offensive line. They typically do. Uh, it's just uh, so that's going to be a fun battle to watch in the trenches with with Utah and Washington, uh, and and I think you know, Utah's defensive line with a lot of the bodies that they have there, you know, we may see, you know, a guy like Van Fillinger get a lot of run this week more so than what we saw last week. Uh, And, you know, we'll, we'll see, but I think, I still think that Utah matches up with this Washington offensive line pretty well. And, 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 you know, dominating the trenches is going to be a big key uh, to victory uh, for Utah on Saturday.
2: Correct. Uh, for those wondering, Trey Adams, the, the, the offensive tackle, left tackle we were talking about, he's now a current member of the Buffalo Bills practice squad. He went undrafted, uh, but was picked up by Buffalo. So, so Utah fans do not have to worry about Trey Adams protecting uh, his quarterback's left side this year, which I'm sure is a relief. Look, it wouldn't be a, uh, I wouldn't be my doing my due diligence without at least bringing up the field goal kicker for uh for washington Peyton Henry is his <laughs> name uh three for five on the year so he's gone at sixty hey. percent uh he's missed from forty plus yards and then he missed one in between the twenty and twenty nine yard mark so he's he's okay he's by no means uh all all century all world kicker but um you know that 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 could also come into play I, I was actually I was looking at the weather uh while you were talking steve because that always plays a factor especially when you are to Husky yeah. stadium uh it looks okay uh right now uh, high That's of 48 good. a low of 35 for saturday no rain in uh in the forecast but they do say sun with uh with some clouds which is you know any day you get a, a, a day any day up in seattle where you don't have clouds uh essentially you can expect pigs to begin to fly because it just doesn't happen so as long as there's no rain i think you know we're in for a, a fun a, a fun matchup uh and i guess even if there was yeah. rain it, it would be fun because anytime these two teams meet it's uh, it's always a treat so uh so that's exciting uh new i guess we should we should probably quickly talk about you know, some some news from from utah's camp um it's undecided Uh, If Britton Covey is going to be ready to go, I know KSLSports.com and my colleague Trevor Allen put a piece out uh, the other day on Britton Covey. He did admit via an Instagram post that he's dealing with a hamstring injury, which was kind of what the speculation was against USC when uh, he did not see the field. Uh, So I guess it's still undecided as to whether or not Covey's going to go. And that, that hamstring injury, by the way, came... Uh, prior to the Arizona game, which was expected right. to be the first fixture for the University of Utah, so he's he's been sidelined now uh, for a handful of weeks, uh, and so I guess if I'm a Utah fan, if if I'm listening to this, I I, I wouldn't be all that hopeful to see Britton Cubby out there uh, against Washington. Hamstrings are always uh, troublesome; uh, they are they they're, they're fickle and uh yep. they just take longer, and they, they they deserve rest. They need rest. Yes, if return too fast, worse things uh, certainly uh, come into play. So uh, that that that's kind of all. I'm I guess Orlando Umana is another player that I'm I'm kind of looking at. I, I do expect Orlando to play Steve, but we did see against USC got banged up a bit, and and that to me is a big big problem. I I think for this offensive line. To, to really reach its maximum potential. Orlando Umana is, is going to be a big, big part in that. He's probably the, the the most likely candidate, in my opinion, to have an NFL future ahead of him. I, I think the world of Orlando Umana, mm-hmm. he plays the center position for Utah, uh, and he he's somebody that I would be keeping an eye on uh, while watching this game against Washington just to see kind of what his capability is like because he did get banged yeah. up. It was an ankle, if I'm, I'm not mistaken, against USC that kind of uh, had him hurting. For all... Outside yeah. of those two, is there anybody else that's in danger of, of missing? Or, or what, what else are you hearing uh, from the Utah camp, Steve, that I guess I haven't brought up yet? Is there anything?
1: No, it's it's mostly just those two. I haven't heard any concerns about you know others and you know, obviously you get some nicks and some dings. Obviously Samson Nakua was another player that kinda of right. tweaked things, but he was back out there and competing and and I think Samson is always gonna be a guy that, you know <laughs> it just seems like Samson is always gonna be at eighty percent, you know, regardless of of uh of, of what's you know, going on. But I I've I expect him to be out there and competing um, and so, but other than that, I think Utah is pretty healthy coming into this game.
2: Uh, what, what do you reckon? I think the line is uh, sitting at seven uh, in favor of Washington. If you're a betting man, Steve, where does your uh, what does your heart tell you? What where would you go?
1: Yeah, yeah, you know, I would probably take Washington with that. I, I just think you know Utah's got to prove. Um, They've got to they've got to prove themselves and and they've got to prove their progress. Washington already has two games under their belt. Utah just won. Uh, and so how much progress can we expect from Utah? I do think that we will see progress, but you know, Washington they're going they're they're a game ahead of Utah in this schedule, and so I I think it's going to be a, a tough fought battle. I think the product on the field is going to be better this week compared to last week. Uh, for utah football uh i think jake bentley will look better i don't think he will be you know a, you know lights out i don't think he'll you know uh captivate anybody with his play but i think he'll make plays he'll complete a higher percentage of passes he'll keep utah in the game but ultimately i just think washington with what they have going on up there with the two games under their belt uh i i just think it, it's it's uh, it's a lot working against Utah. And, and again, after what we saw last week, uh, with the offensive line and just kind of the disappointing play till they prove that they're capable of playing at a high level, you know, it's, it's going to be a lot of this just kind of prove it. And, and so, yeah, I think Washington wins. Um, if the line is seven, I would take Washington with that. Um, uh, but i do think it's going to be a competitive game i don't think it's going to be a game like we saw last week where you know it's it's going to be reliant on the defense keeping washington out of the end zone to keep it close i do think it'll be a you know a good back and forth but i just think ultimately i think washington just has a, a lot working in their favor heading into this game and i think it's uh, it's 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 going to be They'll they'll cover for sure, but I think it's going to be a competitive game. What do you think, Tom?
2: I, I'm with you. I would take uh, Washington with the minus seven point advantage. Something else uh, worth bringing up, anyway, is you know, Utah's had a rough go up there in 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 Seattle. They 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 don't win many games, uh, and I'm trying to find it. I couldn't find it in the in the uh, gamer that was sent to us via email but i believe utah's only ever won twice up in yes eight and two there you go yeah
1: eight and two in favor of washington in the series yes in in seattle
2: correct and so uh it it, it's a difficult place to play uh and and there are elements up there in the pacific northwest that, that make it more challenging uh but nonetheless beautiful beautiful Stadium, yep. uh, one of my favorites. To be fair, potentially my my favorite stadium in the Pac-12. When that place uh, is filled, it it is an experience you know, like very few out there. So yeah, um, enjoy. I guess is my point. You know, stay safe, of course, uh, but enjoy the the scenery. It's that stadium. If if Utah fans haven't been able to get up to a game when this pandemic is over. Uh, you've got to get up there They, they tailgate yeah. on the lake Right next to On the water Right next to the right. stadium I'm talking like There's a hundred yards Between Right The water And the field So uh, And in between There's you know Tailgating going on too So anyway It's a beautiful area I, I love it up there in Seattle Great food as well Enjoy uh, Where did right. I go last time I'm trying to think Normally seafood's kind of the go Right Because good mm-hmm. seafood up there But, but we went to uh, Chinatown uh and uh it was delicious, I think bill i chinatown think bill
1: told me about that too it was Chinatown, yeah, yeah, yeah you'd have Pretty to good speak- food up there, man
2: really good food. you'd have to speak to him yeah. and he'll tell you the place we went to last time, but Highly recommend it if you're not in the mood for seafood or the missus yeah. doesn't like seafood because is she going with you
1: she is yeah she's awesome is, yeah
2: awesome well uh yeah enjoy uh and be safe yeah. uh and and have fun but I think that'll do it for us for for this week uh we 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 gave you a, a kind of game recap from u s c this episode's predominantly been about the washington Hus- Washington huskies and then of course we'll do the same next week with two episodes breaking down uh u s c and, and whoever. Utah's opponent is uh, next week but Steve my man uh, you've done a lot of talking over the last three days so we'll let you rest, be well and uh, travel safe alright
1: Thanks Tom.
2: Oh I should also mention Nate Wade Subaru, you guys yeah, have heard me oh, yeah. say it before but I'll say it again, Nate Wade Subaru 1207 South Main Street uh, I'd be doing them a disservice if I didn't put them in so uh, just just go down say hi, weather's turning uh, alright we love you guys and we mean it, be safe wear a mask, see you soon